Hi, this is Candace Crane, General Manager with Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. And this is I Want to Do That, Women Helping Women Explore the Outdoors, sponsored by Can-Am. And today we are talking about Ski Patrol, and we have the infamous or famous, I guess, one or the other, <laughs> Christy Lohoff. She is the Director of Ski Patrol here at Antelope Butte, which is a um, ski place ski area near Sheridan, Wyoming. It's in the Bighorn Mountains. We're in the base of the Bighorn Mountains and Antelope Butte is about what about an hour away, Christy, would you yeah, say? Yeah, a little more, 60 miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm super excited to have you as the guest today, Christy. So, you actually reached out to me on Facebook and we're interested in participating in the podcast. Yes. Tell me a bit more about that. Yes, so um I'd heard your podcast advertised, which I thought was just a great idea. And then I realized we were about to begin our pretty much annual outdoor emergency care class, which runs all fall long. And I thought, how cool would it be yeah. if I could be on Candace's podcast and talk about the Antelope Butte Ski Patrol and ski patrolling in general and recruit some women into ski patrol. How fun ski patrolling is. Yeah. So I, I got to be honest, I, I'm a little bit of a skier. I've done some skiing. I grew up in the Midwest, so our... our um Ski hills were like landfills and stuff, you know, not, not super advanced. 100 vertical, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I have done some skiing out west, um, but I've never really, you know, considered doing ski patrol. So tell me about, you, you've been in ski patrol for, did you say 16 years? Uh, 26 years. 26 years, my goodness, so a long time. Okay, so what is it about ski patrol that keeps bringing you back, that you decide to keep signing up to do it year after year? Sure. Well, it's kind of a lifetime commitment. Once you join a ski patrol, you're you're kind of a member of the club. You uh, get hooked. You're hooked, you okay. know. And I did grow up in it. My my father was a 35 year ski patroller, and wow. um, I joined the ski patrol after college, and uh, I've stuck with it ever since. Um, you know, it's a national organization. It's the largest um, winter educational organization in the world. Oh, wow. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. The National Ski Patrol has uh, over 30,000 members. So it's got it's got a long and big history, and it really is a wonderful community. Uh, it's very welcoming and, and supportive and opportunities for growth, and, and you get to be outdoor skiing. So. For sure. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So on that note, why not and just devil's advocate. Why not just be a season pass holder or maybe become an instructor? Like why ski patrol versus just being an avid skier or, you know, um, maybe becoming an instructor or are they one and the same? Uh, they're not the same okay. for sure. Um, I've done almost everything in the Alpine <laughs> ski world. So I'm for it all. You know, I, uh, grew up with some Alpine ski racing, um, and specifically, I did not join the ski patrol when I was younger because I knew I was too busy ski racing. Oh, okay. um, so there is a time commitment piece to it, but the ski patrol really gives you an opportunity to give back. I mean, when you really help someone on the slope, it's a it's a great feeling to know that maybe you saved a life. Uh, I've actually gotten a a purple star um, for wow. helping save a life. And um, that's very rewarding. And to know that you can be part of the industry in, in such a helpful and uh, supportive way is, is important to me. And I've also been a ski instructor. So there's nothing wrong with doing anything in the ski sure. industry. But um, I really have that long lifetime commitment to ski patrol. Okay, so um, you're obviously a woman in ski patrol. You're not only just in it, but you're in charge of it. And you've done it for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Um, I also am in an industry that is primarily male dominated. I'm assuming your industry is as well. 
more male dominated than female dominated. Yes, it is. What has been your experience as a woman who has been committed to ski patrolling in a more male dominated industry? Like, is that something that you've had to, is that, would that have been a struggle of yours or like what's been your experience navigating that world? Um, it's been pretty smooth. I mean, like I said, it's been, it's a very welcoming community. It's very family oriented, family friendly. Uh, so I don't have any, you know, stories to tell about how I had to break through a barrier or whatnot. But as I've gotten older, I do recognize that, you know, I'll turn around in a toboggan clinic and I'm the only female in a group of 10 or, or whatever it is. Um, and it does change the dynamic a little bit when it's all men and then just Just a few women. But when you do have the groups that have more women in them, you tend to see the women opening up and being a little more relaxed and not worrying that they've got to prove themselves on the slopes and so forth. Um, And actually the National Ski Patrol has started to branch out and they have a a women's, um, you know, advisory oh good part to of the attract board more now. women into it yep and yep and just are, to support your, women what are your thoughts on why you don't see more women in ski patrol that's a good question in fact it's kind of an industry thing as well i mean there are fewer female skiers than there are male skiers oh, on the slopes recreating as just well even on the slopes wow i didn't know that yeah and especially as the levels sort of ratchet up um a lot of it's time commitment you know uh females get busy being mom and sure uh, it's hard to get to the mountain and put forth the effort to do that. So, and I can relate to that. I'm a mother as well. And it is an effort to haul your children up there and yeah. get your duty days in there. Um, patrollers have to be there. You know, we're first on last off. So we're ready to, you know, get going in the morning. We're up there by eight, eight thirty, and we're there till five. It's a long day and, sure. um, that can be challenging with a family, um, and maybe a little bit that people don't see as many female patrollers out there. They don't think of, hey, I should join the ski patrol as a woman. I know that that's something in my career in, in retail automotive and, and in retail power sports that it's definitely been having the visibility to female leaders attracts more women. Right. And I've seen that even in the last couple of years of, of working at Sheridan Hunt and Power Sports that our, our female staff has increased as a result of just me being leading the, you know, leading the, the dealership. And, and, you know, I'm hopeful for you as well, that that will be the case and that we can, you know, through whatever means possible, whether it's this podcast or just getting out in the community or inspiring other people that are listening in other communities to get involved. So let's switch gears and talk about for, for women that are listening that are like, you know what, I've been thinking about doing this. I really enjoy skiing. I could, I could see myself on the mountain every single day, you know, mm-hmm. to give me a reason to be on the mountain every day, not feel bad about it. What are the next steps? We can talk about here locally. What are the next steps for those listeners here locally that are interested in, in learning more about this? What do they need to do? Sure. So the number one thing that you start with is first aid. Um, first aid. <laughs> that's a lot of people think, well, I've got to be a fantastic skier to be a patroller. But actually, the very first thing you have to do to become a patroller is the first aid component. So we really uh, sort of reach out to anybody with any sort of a medical background, doctors, EMTs, firemen. uh, Those are great resources for us because it's easier for us to bridge them in on the medical side and then work on the technical skills of skiing and tobogganing and some of the on-mountain stuff. So um, in the fall, we run the National Ski Patrol Outdoor Emergency Care class, which is roughly equivalent to an EMT course. 
Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it's That's a big serious. book. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty thick. Um, in my dad's day, it was a pamphlet. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's advanced since then. It's a advanced a little okay. bit. <laughs> wow. So it's some serious reading and studying. And uh, in fact, my teenage son went through it last year. And even since I went through it, there have been numerous changes. edition changes. And it was good for me to go through it with him and be like, yeah, there's a time commitment here. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you get a certification as a result of that uh, co- that per- component of the course? Right. So when you finish your OEC class, as we call it, um, there's a written and a scenario test at the end of it. And the program takes about three, three to four months to get through. Um, then, and you pay your dues, then you are actually a patroller right at that point. So, so you, no skiing component. I, from what I'm hearing, you're talking about medical uh, proficiency, you know, under, learning about medical care, proving medical proficiency over the course of a few, a few months. Yep. And then you are essentially, I mean, is it a certification at that you point? You are a just, patroller. You are at a that patroller. Point. Wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. So that's the first step. And there are patrollers who only work in the aid room, don't even oh, go wow. on the hill. Okay. Uh, so then then after you become a patroller, most people want to go on <laughs> and become an on-hill patroller. And there's actually, um, you can become an Alpine patroller or a Nordic patroller. We only have Alpine patrollers at Antelope Butte. Um, so Alpine are the downhill skiers. I see. And uh, so then you go on and you work on your ski and toboggan skills and you develop those techniques and for getting a patient off the hill safely. And then you become a ski patroller. Now, do you have to be at a certain level of ability from a ski perspective? Like, is there a, is there a test prior to learning the medical components? Or is it just as long as you are comfortable skiing and you can show that you're able to assist people from a medical perspective? perspective sure that is qualifies you to be a ski patroller um yeah then you would just be listed as a patroller a patroller okay and i worked at antelope back butte back in the 90s and so forth and we had several patrollers who for various reasons said you know what i'm not comfortable hauling toboggans anymore either for age or injury or maybe they had a temporary injury. Um, so they still skied on the mountain oh. and they could still, you know, ski up to a person, do first aid, radio in what they needed, and then other patrollers would come and actually do the transporting piece of patrolling. Oh, that's patrolling. really interesting. Now, so what so. about snowboarding? Can you snowboard and be a patroller? You sure can. You can. Wow, I did not know that. Okay. I will warn you that when you have to set boundary rope on a snowboard, it's pretty, it's pretty tricky, tricky to hop along in that deep snow on your board. But um, yeah, absolutely, you can snowboard. If you go to a big resort, you'll notice almost all the ski patrollers are actually on skis mm-hmm. just because you can get around better. But we're certainly open to uh, snowboarders joining our patrol as well. And for those listeners that are avid snowboarders and mm-hmm. maybe just want that medical component, the patrolling component, but mm-hmm. not being on the hill, mm-hmm. that's another option as well, right? Sure. That they could yeah. take the steps to be in the aid, I think you said called it the aid station, mm-hmm. right? Or the, yep. yep. Um, and not actually be assisting 
guess on the actual mountain. Right? Sure. Yeah. And to be honest, tobogganing is almost easier in a snowboard because uh, you can just ride that heel edge down. It's oh, not interesting. Not as tiring as yeah, perhaps yeah. you know using a wedge on skis. Now, so tell me about a day in the life of a patroller. You mentioned earlier <laughs> that you're up early, you're there late. Walk me through what it's like to be a, all the know, glory. A typical day. Yes, all the glory <laughs> of a day in the life of a ski patroller. Um, so, you know, at Antelope Butte, our lifts open at 930 and uh, ski patrol loads the lift at nine. So we're usually in the boot up room by eight, eight thirty. Uh, everybody's kind of waking up, getting, getting going, their coffee, getting excited to be the first ones. Coffee on the lift and for donuts. The day. That's yeah. right. Um, and then, you know, we have a whiteboard and we'll say, OK, here's a few things we need to do today. You know, maybe there's something we need to mark out there. We need to check the boundary rope or we may have a little to do list. We'll go over and then everybody uh, loads the lift at nine and we do what's called opening and we see all the runs and we make sure that, you know, nothing unusual has happened. A tree hasn't fallen or uh, at Antelope View, we see quite a few moose. Okay. So sometimes we have to shoo the moose <laughs> off the trail to move on to somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> as best we can. Um, so you're basically checking the train uh, or, you know, sometimes it's a, a function of checking the trails and saying, gosh, you know, we haven't had snow in three weeks and it's so rocky at the the top of Sue's moose, mm -hmm. you know, we need to to rope up off part of that or, or, you know, do some actual trail marking or clearing. But on the flip side, if there was a foot of snow the night before, yeah, you're, the first tracks. you're the first tracks. <laughs> you're the first one coming down that and you get that powder and you get that exciting feeling of having that mountain to, you know, practically yourself. Because I can't imagine everybody's going down the same run at the same time, right? That's you're probably right. spreading out and and uh, dividing up the mountain. That's really cool. That's a selling perk right there. Yeah, for first sure. First tracks. Okay, so first <laughs> tracks. So then the mountain opens up, you have yep. guests that arrive. So then then what are you doing? Are you riding the lifts? Are you manning a particular station? Or what, what does it look like from there? Yep, so we have a really nice top shack that uh, one of our patrollers built and donated, wow. which is very sweet. Um, so we try to man that, uh, keep somebody up top so that we can respond more quickly to accidents on hill. Keep in mind, ski patrol um, is often called to the lodge or over to the Sun Kid magic carpet lift over there. I mean, we we don't just do first aid on the hill. Sometimes it's in the parking lot or, oh, wow. or so anyone who needs help, uh, we can be called to them. Um, we carry radios, obviously, so we can communicate. Uh, so the top station has the toboggans up there, um, ropes, anything we might need, uh, chair evac materials mm -hmm. and so forth mm -hmm. and so we do man that we rotate shifts up there um and then we we we're pretty informal at antelope butte because it's not a huge resort if you're at a big area like big sky or something you're going to have a designated area of the mountain you're going to have a real distinct uh, rotation of what trails you're skiing and who's where but we're small enough that we can be somewhat flexible on that so you're skiing as you're well skiing. correct yep. and you're oh, yeah. with the purpose of i would assume continuing to check the conditions but also looking out for the other skiers, you know, yep. identifying if there's any safety concerns or attending to issues as they arise. But you are you are skiing. You're not yes, necessarily absolutely. regulated to one part of the mountain that doesn't allow you to enjoy the outdoors at all. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're making runs and uh, usually people get plenty of runs. There are days when we're just um, like in the beginning, early season, when we're doing a lot of 
maintenance and getting ready for the year, you're just slogging through deep snow, sure. putting up uh, ropes and, and bamboo, but it's well, no job it. is easy. That's no right. job is easy, but the payoffs I think are, are pretty nice here. Now I've heard that you're not supposed to refer to ski patrol as like mountain police. <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me about that. Like why have you heard that before? And like, why is that the case? Well, that's probably the, our least favorite part of the job. Okay. <laughs> we don't really you... like the uh, policing portion sure. of it, um, but it is really important. I mean, we don't want to close trails any more than anyone else. We want people to be able to enjoy the whole mountain. And if we close it, it's for a safety reason. And it's actually a misdemeanor to duck a closed So when it says rope. it's roped off and this yeah. area closed... Right. Don't, it's closed. It's closed. Don't think that, oh, there's some cool things I should be able to see back here because nobody else is going there. Right. It's not safe. Don't do it. That's right. Yep. Yep. We, we appreciate that. <laughs> what about um, with like newer kids that are beginning to ski that maybe either didn't take a class or just learning with their parents, like our ski patrol getting involved with that in, in any way? Sure. Um, we do do a fair number of what we call courtesy rides. The taxi service, uh, people got to the summit, you know, the classic significant other brought them up there on oh, their I've been there. first drive. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and Not we, here in Antelope Butte, but yeah. I've, I've been there actually in Big Sky and it was <laughs> terrifying. It's I mean, terrifying. granted, I made it down, but it was ex- extremely terrifying just right. knowing that I allowed myself to be influenced to get to a place that I knew I had no business being. Right. And, um, you know, it's terrifying when you're up there and then working your way down is it's exhausting you know like again i made it down but i was cutting that mountain up you know i mean i don't think i went down at any point my skis were not pointed down at any point in time it was right left right left right left right left and uh, you know, you get down, you're so tired, you're so exhausted, everything hurts and you don't want to do it. Then you don't, it's not fun. You know, right. then you don't want to ski anymore. And it's just like, why did I let myself be influenced when I was perfectly fine on the other runs that were more aligned to my skill level? Sure. So. And that's something, you know, we really try to work closely with, um, the ski school and the snowboard instructors at Antelope Butte to yeah. encourage people to Go take a lesson. Don't go to the top because we do not have a beginner run, a green circle run off the summit of Antelope Butte. Oh, I didn't know that. So you really want to start on that little chair over there, the Deer Park and the Sun Kid Magic Carpet Lift. So So probably step one for newer skiers is learning how the mountain is laid out. I suspect Mm -hmm. any place that you go to, right? Mm -hmm. Just learning no get your you map go. have your plan know before you go yeah right. that's that's all really good okay so um for women that are interested in making ski patrol their career i know you mentioned there's a lot of upward mobility and you were talking about the national ski patrol mm-hmm. here at antelope butte is it volunteer positions are there any paid positions how does that work so the antelope butte ski patrol is primarily a volunteer ski patrol um and even as ski patrol director i do a lot of things voluntarily (laughs) in my free time uh almost every day um but i thank you for that by the way oh you're welcome um i am paid to be up there during the season and patrolling and then we usually hire uh, one or two other paid patrollers Um, but the majority of the patrol are all volunteers Um, all their time is volunteer they have to buy their own equipment um you know they come up with some sort of pack either a vest or a fanny pack or a backpack to carry medical supplies in some of the medical supplies they buy themselves too so it there is a 
a real commitment of not only time, but also resources and finances to to join the patrol. Now, other than the, you know, being first on the trails, are there other mm-hmm. benefits? I've heard of some other benefits, but what, what would be some examples <laughs> of some other potential benefits of being on volunteer ski patrol? Sure. I mean, you do get to ski for free. Get so. to ski for free. Okay. So that's <laughs> there there is that piece. Yeah. Um, and it does depend a little bit on management, but there, there usually are, if you do so many days, some extra perks, such as you can get a pass for your family or you can get a pass for a friend or so. Depending on what your volunteer commitment is. And what's the minimum number of days that you have to commit? So we really um, strive to hit at least 10 days. um, Throughout the whole season? Through the whole season. Oh, okay. That doesn't seem like that's too Yeah. I mean, it sort of depends on the season length. When we open late, that means pretty much every weekend you're up there. Oh, okay. Um, But, you know, it's certainly doable. I mean, my dad had to put in like, 30 days when he was a patroller. So uh, it just depends on how you look at life. <laughs> now, what about the bigger resorts, like the big sky, you know, the big skies of the world or sure. you know, other, other places in Colorado? Is it a similar setup? Are they typically volunteers or are they paid? A lot of those big areas have only paid staff. Um, and if they do have volunteers, uh, the volunteers are very limited in what they can do. So they operate as an entirely separate just because it's Unit. A, a much more massive operation. Right. And just space and liability more people, and more liability. Yeah. So now, the volunteers it, sometimes don't do any medical. They don't do any transporting. They're more like just sort of ski around and, and see if anybody needs like help. Like ambassadors to kind of sure. help the ski patrol. Yep. Now, is it um, is it helpful for those paid positions to have the volunteer experience from oh, a career absolutely. standpoint? Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to sort of start somewhere. Like as, that's, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask. Like, could you... You know, for those listeners that are thinking, gosh, I just love this sport and I would uh-huh. love to be able to make money off of this sport, right? Like it, not from a racing perspective, but sure. or competing perspective, but to make a career out of being on the mountain all day long. Yeah. Um, how do they get into a paid ski patrol position at like a, a Vail or something, you know, a huge resort? Like do, do they right. need to have had volunteer experience prior to really be competitive for those roles? I would think so. I mean, I can't speak directly to it, but certainly like getting on a volunteer patrol is a great first step because a lot of the stuff like chair evacuation procedures um, and tobogganing. I mean, you're just going to need some miles and some repetition on that. And to be able to prove proficiency and have experience to say that I've done right. it versus yep. I'm, I'm, I'm capable, but yeah. I, I don't have the experience. And the three other people that are competing for this job have right. the experience. You're just kind of naturally out of yep. competition at that point. And a lot of those big resorts will use the EMS system. They will require that you have your EMT um, certification or more. Um, so again, that medical piece is really, really important. important. That's a big piece of patrol. I, we had some people last year who started our class and said, oh, I didn't realize ski patrol was going to be so much medical training. Uh, <laughs> it's not just skiing. Yeah, like the yeah. medical and part is really ex- important. I mean, that type of training and certification, that can help you throughout your entire career. Oh, no matter absolutely. What you do. So it's not like it's a wasted no, and even you're if you're gaining. just looking for a wonderful outdoor emergency care class, ours is really great. When I took it, I was in my 20s and I thought, wow, how did I make it this far without, without this class? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really a great overall class and you feel a lot more comfortable going into the backcountry, hiking, whatever you're doing. That's really so. good to know. I, I took some basic survival skills recently. Um, through Game and Fish, becoming a Wyoming outdoorswoman. I participated 
in that program this past summer. And there was just some basic survival skills they taught us. And I, I had that same epiphany. Like this is, you know, real basic things that I didn't know. <laughs> and I have been out backpacking, you know, I hadn't done it solo, but I had been out backpacking with one or two other people. Sure. And I don't think that any of us were prepared for, you know, for these type, we didn't need, none of us had the survivor skills that we learned, but from your perspective and what you're talking about, really taking it up two or three notches and making that investment in not only learning a new skill from a ski patrol standpoint, but also learning this new skill that can be applied to any other circumstance than when you're in the outdoors. Right. So I talked about first year patroller, then you're a ski patroller. And then there's a couple more levels beyond that. Then you can become what they call a senior patroller. And it's even more in depth. You know, you really demonstrating good leadership skills and ability to manage a team. And then the final one is called a certified patroller. And those are very rare. Um, they're not very common in the U.S., uh, but that incorporates all the other aspects of avalanche control and mountain travel and rescue and ropes and um, high angle evacuations and a lot of other components. So you can really keep work, up. working yeah. your way up. And I would suspect that the higher, more certifications you get, the more opportunity you have to actually make a living doing this sure. versus it just being a hobby, which is okay too. You know, yeah. volunteering is fantastic. And, and I'm very grateful to all the volunteers, not yeah. just the Antelope Butte, but all the ones that we have in, here in Sheridan that, that really allow um, for people like myself moving into town to be able to participate in the outdoors way that I want to and, and feel safe right. and have the knowledge and resources that I need. But if you are looking, if you're you know so connected to the mountain and you just love skiing and you want to make this a career, it's good to know that there are options out there where you can monetize that passion right. and, and be able to make a career out of that. Now, also, you guys won an award. Your ski patrol is won the a best. national award. That is so <laughs> exciting. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the Antelope Butte uh, Ski Patrol was outstanding national small ski patrol for the entire nation, the entire wow. United States last year. And that is a real honor. Um, a big piece of that was, you know, Antelope Butte was closed from 2014. Uh, no, sorry, 2004 until uh, 2018. And so during that time, those 14 years when there was no Antelope Butte, the Antelope Butte Ski Patrol sort of dwindled away. And there were just five of us that were still members and still uh, doing volunteer patrolling often over at Meadowlark. And it regrew and we recruited and we ran classes and we really sort of rose up and uh, grew this patrol and became a really solid patrol. I mean, we have just today, somebody called me and they patrol somewhere else. And they said, you know what? I came to your avalanche course at Antelope Butte last year and it was so amazing. I want to switch to your patrol. Good for you. Uh, so we have a bunch of, and it's not me, it's the whole patrol. It's like the there's such a passion in it and so many wonderful instructors. It's, it's really neat. Well, that is really so. exciting. And a testament to the commitment that your team has to ski patrolling and um, the commitment that they're making from a volunteer perspective as well. Cause as you mentioned, these are all non-paid positions and right. it does take about an hour to get up to the mountain and yeah, the weather conditions can be tricky. <laughs> um, but as somebody who has looked forward to being able to ski, you know, quote unquote in my backyard, right. I still have to travel a bit, but mm -hmm. it's not like having to drive, you know, forever or going sure. to ski on a landfill like I'm, like I'm used to. <laughs> um, it is, uh, it's really exciting to be able to do that. So yeah. that's great. That's really exciting. Now, obviously ski patrolling, it can be for men and women, right? It doesn't have of to course. be just for women. So, sure. so, um, anyone that is, I think you mentioned this already, but just in terms of the next steps, if they're interested in 
participating in ski patrol this season, or maybe even just learning a bit more about what that looks like and what they can do to prepare for maybe next season. What What's next up? Do they get in sure. touch with you? Do they go to a website? What do they do? Yeah. So um, you need to be 15 years of age to join the ski patrol and 15 to 18 year olds are called YAPs, young adult patrollers. Um, and then you know, we've got patrollers who are up there in years quite a bit. Sure. Uh, but anyways, there's no there's no top age limit. Um, they can contact me at ski patrol at antelopebuttefoundation.org. We also have a Facebook page, Antelope Butte Ski Patrol. Um, you can reach out that way. Our classes, our outdoor emergency care classes just started this week uh, on September 11th. Um, if someone's really passionate and willing to work and get caught up, you could probably still get in the uh, first aid class this year. Okay. Otherwise, um, shadowing is just a great, great way. And we always encourage people, come spend a day with us on the mountain and follow us around and, and see what we do. And That's great. And you, hopefully have no accidents. You, <laughs> we members, never wish for them. That's right. That's right. Now your ski patrol team, they're active on Facebook. I saw some of them on Facebook. How can they find like just get in touch with you if they want to maybe shadow somebody and then you can connect them with sure um other volunteers in the ski patrol yep. now uh, final question is what about for people who have not been to antelope butte and just want to check it out maybe they want to check it out from a skiing perspective or just want to see what it's all about how do they find out about prices and passes and hours and whether or not the the mountain is open sure um because i know that sometimes the roads close or sometimes we don't have enough snow so what resources can people who are looking to just show up at Antelope Butte or get more involved in Antelope Butte, what are those resources? Absolutely. Um, of course, they have a website, antelopebuttefoundation.org, and a Facebook page, and I believe they have several other social medias. I'm not always on them. I don't know what they are. <laughs> no problems. They can go to go to the social medias and, yes. and type in Antelope Butte. Okay. But yeah, the website will show updates uh, in terms of, you know, once the season's rolling, whether we're open, um, there's even an interactive map on there where you can see which trails are open and so forth. So um, they, they'll they keep that up to date as we get closer to the season. And selling season so. passes are being sold. Season passes are, correct? yes. Yep. They're for sale all year round, really. And the earlier you buy them, the cheaper they are. That's so good to know. Get and out there, there and buy your pass. there is equipment that you can rent when you go if you're, if you are wanting to pick up skiing or snowboarding. There is, I know there's skiing. Is there snowboarding yes. rentals as well? Yes. So you can do rentals. And... Antelope Butte might be one of the only ski areas in the country that actually rents Telemark gear as well. Oh, I did not know this. Yeah, we have a, a small fleet of the latest and greatest Telemark gear. Okay, so Telemark is when you're skiing and then you're like lunging. How do you, I mean, we're, we're for those of you that are listening in audio, you can't see <laughs> the, the, the gestures that we're making with our hands, but basically you're, your you're heel kind of like, is free. Your heel is free and you're basically like lunging down the mountain, but on skis. Correct. And, and, why do this? <laughs> I mean, I know people that do this, and I think I've asked them the same question. Oh, you do it too. Okay. So why? Why? It's just another style of skiing. You know, um, Alpine and Telemark developed in two different regions of Europe. Oh. The Alpine and the Elves, and the Telemark is is a town in Norway, and it's just a different style of making a turn. Okay. And uh, yeah, the Telemark community is small, but we're mighty. <laughs> So if you're looking to convert from Alpine to Telemark, but you're not necessarily ready to purchase the equipment yet and you want to try it out, 
Absolutely. You Come, to Antelope, you know, Come to Antelope Butte. Come to Antelope Butte. We have a pretty hardy telemark community for a small ski area. Yes. One of so. my friends um, uh, that is on the ski patrol is a telemark skier, and I give him a hard time as well. But I'm also, <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful to observe someone who's doing telemark down the, down the hill. It is, sure. or down the mountain. It's a, uh, Yep. I, it's confusing to me and I can barely do a lunge on um, stable ground. So I don't know that I'm ready for that, but I think that that is really cool that you guys rent yeah. that equipment and can do that. It is great. And you know, Antelope Butte is a nonprofit and our mission statement includes a focus on youth and beginners. So we really encourage people to come up, try it, take a lesson by all means. Um, We've got women's group lessons. We've got tons of children and youth programs. We've got multi-lesson programs. And those are really the way to go because not only are they a fabulous deal, a lot of times it ends up being cheaper than just buying a lift ticket to get the whole package. Um, But really people walk away from it empowered. You know, what we hate to see is that person who comes once has the bad experience mm-hmm. and never does it again in their whole life because they got yeah. drugged at the top when they shouldn't have been. When they shouldn't have been. <laughs> again. <laughs> so I kudos to yes, you yes. for coming back. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm pretty competitive, so I wasn't going to let one bad influencer ruin my my ski experience. But yeah, it can easily happen. And I appreciate you you saying that. Well, this has been a super fun discussion. For those of you that are listening that are not in Sheridan or haven't been to Sheridan, this is just another thing that Sheridan, Wyoming has to offer. So we've got... Um, the Bighorn Mountains are amazing. Uh, the snow is amazing up here. It's probably going to be happening right around the corner. I mean, it is, what, middle of September. Typically, by end of October, we we have some snow. And yeah. um, I've heard even recently that there's been some snow at the top of the mountain. Not enough, obviously, to ski yet, but um, that the weather is is turning already up there. So if you're thinking about a visit to Sheridan, Wyoming, definitely check out Antelope Butte amongst all of the other things you can check out. And for those ladies that are considering ski patrol, we'd love to have you. (laughs) We would love to have you. And that's not just here in Antelope Butte. I think that's uh, anyone that's listening that is considering it from someone who's been doing it for how many years? 26 26 years. 26 years and still has a passion for it and still has good knees to telemark down. Oh yeah. I mean, that's impressive. That, that alone is probably the most impressive Well, that makes you stronger. (laughs) That makes you stronger. It definitely does. Well, Christy, thank you so much for reaching out and um, all of the volunteers years of service that you've had and, and leading the ski patrol team. I will definitely be on the mountain this winter. um, And I appreciate everything that you have done for Antelope Youth. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much. See you guys soon.